It's already Wednesday. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's um, another short week, eh? Yeah, long weekends. Another one. New Zealand really front loads its public holidays, isn't it? It's a good time of year to have a few public holidays, though. That's true. As people ease back in. I mean, we are more than 100 days into 2023, so no one really needs easing into it yet. I'll finally accept it's 2023 in, like, maybe September, October, I reckon. Oh, gosh, I thought you were going to say June, but that's actually just ridiculous what you've just <laughs> said. Um, you know what else is ridiculous? What? We don't know who won last week's Fun Fact Friday. What's going on here? This is bizarre, isn't it? And what's more ridiculous is that producer Jono won't tell us until this Friday. The tension is palpable. <sighs> Just roll the tape. Let's get today out of the way so that it's you know we can get one step closer to knowing. Indeed. Yeah. Well, kia ora. This is Newsball. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. The Women's Football World Cup. It's less than three months away. It's going to be huge. But are we ready for it? Also, we've all heard avocado on toast is the reason we won't be able to buy houses. And scoffed, maybe cried a little bit. But a recent visit to the supermarket could prove that theory right. You've probably given a lot of data to Facebook over the years, but now, thanks to a class action lawsuit, you might be able to get some cash back. And fancy a picnic to celebrate the king's coronation... Well, some Brits might not be so lucky. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Let's kick off today with some Women's World Cup chat. Ah, I see what you did there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, It is less than three months off, though. New Zealand is hosting 16 teams and 29 games in total. And uh, we've talked about it before on the pod, but I don't think the magnitude of this tournament has sunk in yet. Like, it is a pretty big deal. It's a very big deal. It's a massive deal. It's, It's, you know, it's one of the biggest sporting, the biggest events we have ever held here in New Zealand. Uh, At least 30,000 visitors are expected. TV audience uh, expected to be 2 billion people. And, um, of of course, because this is a FIFA tournament, there there are certain expectations. So how is Aotearoa tracking when it comes to its on-pitch preparations? Well, Dana Johansson is a national correspondent with Stuff and a national treasure, and uh, (laughs) she's been looking into this. Hello, Dana. Thank you. That was a very generous introduction. <laughs> uh, hey, look, um, FIFA is pretty infamous for its its intense requirements when it comes to team facilities. Uh, you know where they train and, and so on and so forth. So, like, tell us a bit about these. What are we talking about here? Yeah. So the list is quite detailed and quite extensive in terms of the criteria for being a training site. So there's the things you might expect with good quality pitches, good changing facilities, gender neutral training facilities, actually having privacy screens in the showers. And then there's kind of other little strange things that you wouldn't necessarily think of, like having um, infrastructure there or allowing towers to be built to allow filming of trainings and and good Wi-Fi so you can actually download that video. And yeah, so FIFA are very strict on these criteria. Like when you talk about the pitch, it's got to be a sand-based pitch. The grass height is to be maintained at 24 millimetres. And that's just for the training. That's for the training venues, yeah. So the idea is that the training facilities are equal to what they would experience on on match day. And you went to uh, Seddon Fields in Auckland, which is hosting Norway during the tournament. How is uh, that pitch getting match fit, I guess? 
they've got this brand new sand-based pitch sort of up on the hill and it looks glorious. And they've also had to sort of upgrade their lighting. They did have lighting there, but it was only 200 lux. FIFA need 300 lux, guys. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And just things like allowing it to be sort of properly um, screened off from the public so you can't have any spies there filming their training, particularly when Norway's drawn the same pool as New Zealand. So we could have some local spies out there thinking that they're helping the situation. It's just down the road from me, Dana. Well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Put on a good disguise and you're away. (laughs) And these extreme makeovers pitch edition, I can't imagine, are cheap. Who's paying for all of this? Is FIFA? We are paying for it, guys. Oh, <laughs> um, interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> the government has um, put in about $18 million to upgrade some facilities across New Zealand. Um, in Auckland, the Auckland Council for their various sort of um, council organisations have put in an, an additional $18 million. But again, it's 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 the legacy of what we left after these tournaments. So it's really just boosting the infrastructure for not just football but for for sports grounds around New Zealand and also for women's sport like bringing these changing room facilities up to standard has had a massive impact on some of those communities like anecdotally I heard a story about one club where the women's teams they turn up on Saturday play their game and then they'd just go home and shower afterwards like look jump in the car all muddy and and shower at home but now they can shower at the ground and actually go up in the club rooms afterwards Mm. And, you know, have a drink with, with other club members and actually be involved with the club community. Great stuff, Dana Johansson. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. How are you feeling about the Women's Oh, I'm excited. Remember, I've got tickets. I'm th- Oh, I'm yes. Thrilled. That's right. I haven't done that yet. Where I'm, I'm seeing New Zealand versus Philippines, US uh-huh. v Netherlands, and I've got tickets to the Wellington quarterfinal. Yeah. US v Netherlands is going to be lit. I know. They're both I know. really good teams. My sibling is going to fly down for the day just to come and watch it. It really feels like it snuck up, eh? I know. Like, I, I feel like there hasn't been as much build-up or excitement or anticipation as there should be. And we're excited. So are you excited, unusable listeners? Are you excited for it? thought you were talking to me for oh, a second. Oh, no, I know you're Bean. excited. Oh, and Bean yeah. is excited, so I didn't need to Bean's ask him. Frothing. yeah. Um, no, but tell us, are you excited? We'll check the question up on the Instagram. Get in touch. And if you're not excited, also let us know. Because challenge accepted, we will make you excited. <laughs> oh, and producer Philippa wants us to remind you that Australia is also co-hosting, but me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Boring. But who cares? <laughs> Boring. They're trying to take everything from us. I went to the supermarket yesterday, my local New World, and the price for a single avocado, I hope you're sitting down a meal, was $8.00. Seven ninety nine to be precise, but eight bucks for one avocado. Well, I mean, you sound like you're complaining there, but it sounds to me like you got lucky because avocados are gross. Whoa. Yeah, they're all slimy. They don't really taste like anything. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know this about you. Look, even so, as an avocado lover, I'm sure that you were shocked by this extortionate price. Not only was I shocked, there was a group of us standing around <laughs> the avocado <laughs> display. It was a And everyone was just shaking their heads and muttering, like, what? And you could just hear the word $8, $8, just rip, like it was like a ripple effect. So here to explain what on earth is going on with avocados is Angus Sims from Wonky Box. Kia ora, Angus. Kia ora, Imogen. Thanks for having me. What's going on with avocados? Well, to be honest, I'm not I'm not too sure if I'm more shocked at the price or how Emil just reacted to uh, his his liking for avocados. 
Ah, yeah, look. I'm so anti-establishment. We're going to have words once this is over. Don't worry, I'll hit him up. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of madness in terms of the weather events that we've seen over the course of this summer. So a lot of produce that people would typically say are in season may not actually be in their typical seasons any longer, uh, just simply due to sort of the unprecedented cyclone wind events that we've been seeing. The reason your your avocados would have been so expensive locally there is because a lot of your avocados um, will come from Northland, so Northland and the Bay of Plenty. And as you know, um, you know, a couple of months ago now when we experienced uh, Cyclone Gabriel, a lot of the crops, the new crops of avocados um, and the new plants that, you know, were coming up up in the Northland region were seriously damaged. So at the moment, the domestic supply levels are extremely low, lower than, you know, your average year. Normally, we would be seeing this as the tail end of the season for avocados, but um, right now, safely said, there there literally isn't. So the end of the season actually has come. And eight dollars. Have you ever heard or seen? So I'm still. That is the most expensive singular avocado I've ever seen in the supermarket. Like, is that the most expensive you've ever heard them being? Funnily enough, no. Um, I was actually, yeah, surprisingly. I was talking to a grower earlier about this, in fact. Um, he'd mentioned to me about four years ago, he he seemed to remember avocados in the month of May were hitting $12 on the shelf, which is crazy. Um, now, I don't know what... That's when there was a spate of a- avocado thieves, right? That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do recall that. that too now, uh, funnily enough. I, was, I wasn't actually in the country four years ago, but um, I do remember reading it. I have a feeling that if someone was stealing avocados, that's exactly the sentence they would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to fact check you on your movements. Uh, <laughs> Around four years Where ago. Where were you no. on May the 4th, 2019? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, I mean, it's... The price is high. It certainly is. And in a way, I think we as as consumers um, just we need to embrace that for what it is now and, and maybe find an alternative to what we can slice on or, or, or rub on our toast just for the next few months until the new season crops will come in, which will be late, late May, early June. Great. Angus Sims from Wonky Box, thanks so much for your time. Cheers, guys. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, I've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Facebook. Love it or loathe it. Or if you're like me, can't access it because you've forgotten your password and the email you used to sign up when you were about 13 years old was your school email address. Your and so you can't, account, yeah. you can't. No, it was my school one. <laughs> so I can't, I don't have access to that. Anyway, uh, there's some, there's a fact about me. But you probably never thought you might be able to get money out of Facebook. But 
you might just be able to, because the company recently settled a privacy case for a princely 725 million bucks, and there are potentially 87 million people who might qualify for a slice of that pie. Rather small slices, sure, but free pie nonetheless. But how is this the case? Well, lucky for you, I've got resident pie expert Emil, who's going to tell us what's going on here. Well, first off, thank you for acknowledging that I am the newsable resident pie expert, finally. Yeah, that intro was written for me. Yes, it was. Yeah, (laughs) That's why you should always pre-read, you know. So, look, to explain this, you need to think back to the 2016 presidential election, the elections that brought Donald Trump to power, Mm. and this firm called Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica, I've not heard of that name in forever. Remind us exactly what they were up to again. They did things with vague, fancy-sounding names like um, misappropriating digital assets and data mining and data analysis and the strategic communication advice and, and so on and so forth. But really what it all comes down to is they figured out how to push your buttons by using your data against you, in a sense. Is that the connection to Facebook? Pretty much, yeah. So... In 2018, a bunch of big media organisations were doing investigations into Cambridge Analytica and they basically found that the company had acquired personal data from Facebook, uh, about Facebook users, from this external researcher. The researcher had told Facebook he was collecting this data for academic purposes, but he was actually giving it to Cambridge Analytica and they were using it to figure out how to get under people's skin or predict how they were going to vote in certain areas or how people could be pushed or manipulated to um, behave in certain ways. So how come Facebook users might now be able to get compensation? A a long-running class action lawsuit against Facebook or um, Meta, as we now are supposed to call them, (laughs) and it ended last year with a settlement of $725 US dollars. Anybody whose data was accessed and then passed on to Cambridge Analytica in that or external parties in that period might qualify for a slice of that delicious cash pie. Um, <laughs> we should note that Meta didn't admit wrongdoing. It maintains that its users consented to the practices, which you probably did uh, mm. if you clicked at you the bottom clicked. of the yeah. 90 million page email in terms of conditions and, and, and stuff like that that they give you. But they did say the settlement was in the interests of its community. Now, uh, a number of well-established media outlets are reporting that there's a website in the US where you can enter details and see if you qualify for some of this payout. But uh, just be aware, you do have to provide some personal details and some Facebook details, so that is something to think about, uh, whether you want to do that, particularly considering the entire fundament of this story. But uh, if you are keen on getting a bit more info, you can search up Facebook user privacy settlement and you will find out some stuff. I wonder if I'll be able to submit an application, given I can't access my Facebook. Well, there's only one way to find out. Any plans for the King's coronation, Imogen Well, that's next Saturday, isn't it? It is. Uh, <laughs> might have a gin and <laughs> The fact that you had to ask uh, when it was suggests to me that no, there are no plans for the King's coronation. Uh, none as yet. Um, <laughs> I love a good excuse for a gin and tonic, though, so... Yes, this is true. That sounds yeah. pretty good. Why do you ask? Well, because obviously, you know, this is a big deal. You don't get a coronation very often. No. And so naturally people want to mark the occasion by celebrating it or, or doing things to mark, to you know, to mark the occasion. Um... But in the UK, specifically in North Somerset, anyone who is uh, hoping to have a, a celebratory picnic in the park are running into ho-ho 
a lot of red tape. <laughs> uh, the council, how British is this, has banned unauthorised picnics. Unauthorised picnic. Yes, yes. What a phrase. <laughs> picnics have to be authorised. And, um, and the, the, the authorisation process involves filling out a nine-page form and to complete risk assessments. I wonder what the questions are. <laughs> oh my God. And what are the risk assessments? Do you reckon it's asking what cutlery you'd bring? Yes, exactly. Like yeah. how many? I wonder if they've done this before. I lived in the UK for the, uh, it must have been the Diamond Jubilee. Uh-huh, yeah. And that, I had a British picnic. I was working at school and we had a very British picnic that day. Really? It was it was lovely. The oh Brits know how to do a picnic. Delightful. Because they do the mini mini pork pies. But, mini cucumber sandwiches? Mum, Mowbray pies. Is that what they're called? I, think, I can't remember. Yeah. The wow. mini pork pies. Um, coronation chicken, obviously. Uh, and then they do like a different type of cocktail sausage to us. Also delicious. Scotch wow. egg. I wonder whether the um, Great British picnic involves avocados, but I, I suppose that's neither here nor there, is it? Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. A couple of other councils uh, have put a ban on barbecues that weekend as well. Uh, they've been dubbed Killjoy Councils. What's going on? Yes, I, I know, I know. Officials say that they just want people to enjoy themselves safely, but I don't know. This yeah, this seems a bit over the top, doesn't it? I am actually, I'm, I'm speechless. Hmm. This is an affront. Well, maybe we should show them how to do it. Kiwi style and have, you know, a British picnic here in New yeah. Zealand, a newsable picnic. Maybe Pims. that's what we had. Maybe that is now my plan. Yeah. Is to have an, potentially an unauthorised picnic. <laughs> How exciting. That's newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show and we'd also just really appreciate it. And remember, you can also follow us across all your social channels. Just search for us at Newsable NZ. Have a great day. And don't have any unauthorised picnics. No, definitely. Or let us know where you have to get authorisation for a picnic. Yeah, or also, if you know a spot, you know, just... Hit us up. A word to the wife. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting... Please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.